Hello and welcome to Nerd of Paradise, the podcast with a quirky take on nerd culture. I'm your host, Kate, and you're listening to episode 24. This episode is all about FogCon. So FogCon is a convention I recently attended over in the Bay Area, and I had a lot of fun and got some really cool interviews. So that's what we're going to talk about this episode. It was my first year attending, so I was really impressed with it. It is unique. It's unlike any con I've ever been to. For one thing, it was a lot smaller than the ones I've been to, which is a good thing because you really get a chance to interact and go to a lot more of the panels and just get a feel for things. So from their website, fogcon.org, This is FogCon's origin story. FogCon, so that's an acronym for Friends of Genre, which is also a nice pun since they're in the Bay Area, Fog. So it's a literary-themed San Francisco Bay Area science fiction fantasy con in the tradition of WizCon. Each year, we focus on a new theme in speculative fiction and invite honored guests ranging from writers to scientists to artists. We build community, exchange ideas, and share our love for the literature of imagination. FogCon started as a project done jointly by Friends of Genre and the Speculative Literature Foundation. So then it goes on to talk a little more about genre fiction. And it says that genre in fiction is as loose and baggy as the form of the novel. It can refer to setting, intended audience, subject, writing style, time period, or emotion evoked. Every genre has its own rules, traditions, ideas, and stock characters that the reader will expect to find. The reader enjoys the author's skill in combining the familiar elements of the form with fresh ideas, unexpected twists, unusual insights, and evocative language. And then there's realistic fiction, which places usually imaginary characters in recognizable, true-to-life settings, and speculative fiction, which places its characters in settings that are in some way counterfactual, And that difference from what we usually call real life is the driving engine of the plot. So FogCon has been going since 2011. And so by this point, I feel like it's really starting to catch on with authors and uh, with authors and fans of genre fiction. So it was a lot of fun. I just, I know I kept saying as we were leaving to my brother and my niece, like, I felt like it was too short though, like, it needed to be longer because, you know, the first day I was kind of in observation mode. I just was taking everything in and then it wasn't until the second day, I think, that I even started, like, doing some interviews and stuff like that. So it would have been nice to have an extra day to kind of gauge my surroundings and all that, but yeah, really, really fun and interesting convention that I attended. So what I think I'll do next is play the interviews that I got while I was at FogCon and then you'll hear from me again at the end with some of my highlights, some of the different panels that I enjoyed and things like that. All right, let's get to the interviews. I'm here with Lisbeth Weir. How's it going, Lisbeth? Great. Awesome. So we're here at FogCon. So what brings you to FogCon? Uh, well, uh, technically, uh, on the uh, booklet, it says I'm the vice chair, so <laughs> I don't really have a choice. Awesome. <laughs> Can you explain to everyone a little bit about FogCon? Like, what makes it different from other cons? Oh, there's there are so many ways. Um, the first one is that Fog is short for Friends of Genre, 
So this really is a place that, you know, you don't have to just like science fiction or fantasy or other genres. You can just come and find people that like the full range of books. It's really, it's just, I love books and I want to be around other people who like to read. So it's, it's good in that. Um, another uh, way that it's unique is that uh, it has honored guests instead of guests of honor. So um, it's not that they're, you know, above all the other attendees. They are, you know, you know they, they give talks and you can, you know, listen to them, but they are encouraged to come down, you know, and be a, among us and talk to us and hang out with us and <laughs> because they are just people too. Yeah. And so it's, it's very much, you know, uh, you know, we're all just writers and readers and people who love this you know let's share our experiences and our stories with each other that's awesome cool so are you an author yourself uh i am published uh several short stories and i have a novel that i'm shopping around for an agent so um where do you get your inspirations from when you're writing and that kind of thing Oh, my imagination really doesn't lack for <laughs> inspirations. There's sort of more ideas in my head than will ever like I can ever take the time to write the stories for. Yeah. Um, I I just I just have lots of ideas and um, you know the ones the ones that are you know that kind of come up and go oh I could do something with that that's something I could really stretch out those get written about. So, like, what did you want to be when you were a kid? My, the first job I wanted was to be a paleontologist. Cool. Um, but I couldn't say my L's, so <laughs> I would walk around and people would say, little girl, what do you want to be when you, want, when you grow up? Do you want to be a princess or a ballerina? And I would look up at them and say, I want to be a paleontologist. <laughs> Um, and nobody actually knew what I was saying, um, so that was fun. Um, after that, uh, I wanted to be the goddess Athena um, <laughs> until it was pointed out to me that there wasn't really an opening, a job opening for that. Um, then after that, I wanted to be a librarian. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I wanted to be a writer and illustrator. Very cool. So it was kind of like a pathway. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I, I think a logical pathway. Yes, yeah, very much um, so. <laughs> Very cool. Do you want to tell people how they can find you online? And uh, Yes. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Lisbet with an S, L-I-S-B-E-T, Weir, W-E-I-R. Um, and that actually is just all I really need to give you because you'll find my website and other things through Twitter. So awesome. That is, Twitter's the best. Twitter is a good starting point. I like Twitter. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, so now I'm here with Steven Swartz. How's, ugh, did I say it wrong? Steven Schwartz. Schwartz. How's it going? So far, so good. Um, the, there have been, knock on wood, no catastrophes. Very good. And the things that I was nervous about coming in have all worked out for the most part. That's so. awesome. So we're just like at the end of day two now, like mm-hmm. gearing towards the end, so a little over the halfway mark. So that's good. Everything's going well and very cool. And, I mean, the thing that... I love seeing every year that is happening again this year is people coming out of the panels and programs talking about the panels mm-hmm. and programs. That, Very cool. I mean, I got started doing con running as a program person. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I sort of think of cons as the program and then all the other things that happen around it to make sure the mm-hmm. program happens, um, which occasionally annoys the people who do, you know, con suite and all the other things because <laughs> they think that I feel that they are second-class citizens. That I, I do not feel this way. 
I just think of programming first. Gotcha. All right, so do you want to tell people like what role you play for FogCon? This year I'm the chair. Okay. Um, in years past, I've run programming and then been so-called special projects in programming, which is what they call someone who is the former programming chair and no longer doing the fiddly details, but instead coming up with crazy ideas. <laughs> awesome. So how long have you been with FogCon? Since, Since the beginning, beginning yeah. Um, I was actually approached by the first chair, Vi, to do programming. And what I said to her was that I'm perfectly willing to do programming for FogCon on one condition, which is that you let me use it as my laboratory. <laughs> you know, I want to try things that haven't been tried. I want to ask participants to suggest things that they haven't done before. Very cool. And uh, to be briefly immodest, that's why FogCon has a theme. Mm -hmm. That's why FogCon has honored guests instead of guests of honor because I tried to squash the hierarchy down mm -hmm. and that's why program honored guests get program slots instead of give speeches mm -hmm. the same thing cool so very awesome so what's your favorite part about FogCon the programming surprise <laughs> surprise I mean I, I love it I, I consider my job done every year when I hear and so far every year I have heard the Darn it, why are these things scheduled opposite each other? I want to go to both. Mm -hmm. That's when I know that it's working. Yeah. I know, coming up at um, the 9.30 slot, I think there's like three I want to go to at the same time. So. Mission accomplished. Yep. Very good. Um, so what are you looking... We have like a little over one day left. What are you looking forward to with this on? Well, I'm looking... As I say, the, the, the panels that had freaked me out to moderate and be on are over, so I can relax. <laughs> That's um, I'm actually very much looking forward to one of our previous honored guests is having a panel discussing her work. She came back, and we're always glad to have them back, so I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. And yeah, looking very much forward to the, to the ramp down, to the okay, it's working, people mm -hmm. are happy, now I can relax and enjoy a bit more of the convention. Awesome. So is there anything in the works yet for 2018? We have a theme. Mm -hmm. The theme is performance, specifically live performance, theater, circus, filking, etc. Um, we don't know who the guests will be yet. Okay. The, the arguing has already started over who the, ghosts will, over who the ghost will be. <laughs> um. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm hoping that the theme will produce a bunch of different suggestions. Mm -hmm. You know, if we actually had a performance track, well, track in air quotes because we don't do tracking, but if we had just one room that was mostly performances of various sorts, I'd be thrilled that because be awesome. that's not how most cons do it. Yeah. And... Not how most cons do it is one of the things I value most about <laughs> FogCon, period. Yeah, yeah, very cool. We've tried to take what we liked from other conventions that a bunch of us were old WISCON and potlatch people, so we've taken what we can from there and tried to develop our own our own habits and our own traditions. Yeah, so. sweet. Okay, well, panel's going to start here pretty soon, so do you have any final thoughts? Um... Come join the FogCon community in 2018 if you're listening to this and we sound like fun. Yeah, there we go.
Awesome. Thanks for chatting. Thank you. So now I'm here with Effie Cyber. How's it going, Effie? It's great. How are you? Awesome. So day three here at FogCon. How's your FogCon going? Oh, I love it. This is by far my favorite con. Okay, do you want to elaborate a little bit about why it's your favorite? Sure. So um, FogCon has a lot of things that speak straight to my little nerdling heart. Um, it's a it's a literary focused con uh, for speculative fiction, but still it, it focuses on things that are written. And a lot of the other cons, they have a very strong media component for you know shows and movies and games and all of that. Um, and that's fun, but it's not really where my heart lies. So I love the focus and I love the size. It's it's intimate enough that you know you wind up having these fantastic conversations with people and mm-hmm. uh, really going in depth. And uh, it's local, so. That is great for me. That's amazing. <laughs> How long have you been going to FogCon? This is my fifth FogCon. FogCon is the first con I ever went to when oh, wow. I was just thinking about this whole I think I want to write yeah. sort of thing. And a friend dragged me here and it's amazing. So how, how, how have you noticed it evolving like over the years? Um, well, one thing that's different about this year, at least from all the previous years that I went to, is that there weren't any comedy panels. Uh, usually in the evening there's um, something like, for example, the Liars panel, hmm. where um, the panelists, their only uh, instruction is to lie. <laughs> and I, I was on that panel, I was on um, a lot of sort of improv storytelling uh, comedy panels or tell us your worst travel story comedy panels. Wow. Uh, and for whatever reason this year they, they stayed more serious, so maybe this con is shifting in tone. Interesting. Tell me more about you as a writer. What kind of inspired you to be a writer? Uh, So I'm going to call it a quarter-life crisis because I'm optimistic about my (laughs) lifetime. Uh, Yeah, it's something I'd always wanted to do, and it finally became important enough that I sort of rearranged life to make sure that I could carve out the space for it. I've always loved science fiction and fantasy um, since I was in middle school. It's been the primary type of story that I consume. yeah, and I love it. What kind of, um, or what's your favorite style to write in? Uh, I wind up doing both science fiction and fantasy, and uh, I don't do I don't go very dark. My work tends to be either light or thoughtful, mm-hmm. but um, no horror, no grim dark, um, <laughs> nothing depressing. I don't think. <laughs> uh, and when I, when I write science fiction, um, it tends to be more sort of ex- playing with external ideas um, and external sort of philosophical ideas. And when I write fantasy, it tends to be uh, exploring more internal uh, ideas and then wrapped in a thick layer of snark. And I'm not <laughs> sure why that's the division, but that's just the pattern <laughs> I've seen. Interesting. <laughs> cool. So earlier today, you were the moderator for the Mythology uh, in Modern Culture panel. And so you mentioned your book, The Thunder God in Therapy. Oh, it's a short story. Oh, short story. Thunder God in Therapy, yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that. So Thunder God in Therapy is a short story that originally came out in Galaxy's Edge magazine and subsequently came out uh, as a podcast on Podcastle. And I'd always like, like to play with this idea that, you know, if you and I are from different cultures and we disagree about who the real storm god is, we have a war, that's, that's a bad day, but stuff will recover. Um, and if my storm god and your storm guard meet up and have a disagreement about who's the real storm god, uh, 
very, very bad things will ensue, and you might not recover afterwards. So I had this idea of a court of the gods that now adjudicates these types of disputes. And uh, if there's a court of the gods, that means there are judgments handed down. And if there's judgments handed down, there are punishments handed down. So all of that is background to the story where uh, Zeus is in court-mandated anger management therapy. <laughs> and I suppose I could have put him in uh, sex addict therapy, but I wanted to write a comedy. <laughs> uh, and that, that could go in some very dark places. So <laughs> he's uh, in forced retirement in a terrible uh, retirement home <laughs> in Florida. And he's trying awesome. really hard to bring that change in, in, a, in himself. Um, and he's wrestling through that process. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> So you mentioned you can hear that on Podcastle, right? Yes. So that actually segues nicely to what I wanted to talk about next, because yesterday I saw you on the podcasting panel for science fiction and fantasy. So for me, that was a really interesting perspective, just since, um, because what I podcast about is generally like nerd culture, pop mm -hmm. culture, that kind of thing. And so like I really didn't have any idea the scope of podcasting for writers, so do you want to talk a little bit about how podcasting has benefited you as a writer? Sure. Uh, so Podcastle is a free uh, fantasy podcast. Um, it is primarily just people reading short stories out loud and, uh, you know, with a bit of an intro and an outro. Uh, not a lot of sort of commentary or cultural discussion or, or anything like that. And um, I adore Podcastle specifically uh, because the taste of their editors uh, is out of all the, the magazines and markets mm -hmm. and podcasts and everything out there is most similar to, to my taste. Cool. Uh, so I love it. And I've now had um, two stories already out uh, on Podcastle and a third one coming at some point this year. And uh, what I love about it is that it not only... It, there's a couple things. So it brings my story to a larger variety of people. Not everybody subscribes to Galaxy's Edge, but a whole lot of people listen to free podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so that's great. I know that that audience is going to be better tuned towards me and my writing, mm -hmm. because if the editor's taste is similar to my taste, yeah. and that means probably my taste is similar to the rest of the audience's taste, so it's probably a really good match. Awesome. And uh, Podcastle has uh, these amazing discussion forums where people will go and talk about every single story there. And as an author, it's really great for me to see, you know, what did people think of my story? It's not that I'm just kind of hucking it out into a vacuum and someone listened to it, maybe, or not, mm -hmm. or I have no idea. Uh, so that's something that I really, really love, to be able to see reactions and people being thoughtful. So uh, do you want to mention some of the other podcasts that you've submitted your work to? Sure. Uh, so as of right now, you can uh, hear stories of mine on Podcastle, um, excuse me, uh, Escape Pod, uh, Far-Fetched Fables, and Starship Sofa. Can you tell people what you're working on now? Uh, sure. So right now, I am working on a middle grade novel uh, that is a mob war nice. for kids. <laughs> and uh, it's got uh, a heist and, and a bunch of uh, cons in it. Not cons like we're at a convention, <laughs> but con as in like con artist. Nice. Uh, with, with sneakiness and trickery. And <laughs> there is a uh, fire-breathing 
chicken thing. It's not a chicken. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a mutt from all sorts of stuff, and it breeds fire and causes all manner of havoc. Um, and it's the sort of thing that you really, really, really don't want hatching in the middle of your bank heist. All right. Well, do you want to tell people how they can find you online and where your website is and all that? Sure. So uh, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Effies, so that's at E-F-F-I-E-S, and that'll be written out for you so that you know which ones are Fs and which ones are Ss, because <laughs> they sound pretty much the same. Uh, and uh, from there, there's also a link to my website, which is effiecyber.com, uh, and the site also has a couple of free stories just on it if you want to just go read them, and it has links to where there are uh, available, the other stories are available online. Okay, well, awesome. Thanks so much for chatting to Nerd of Paradise. Thanks so much for having me. All right, I'm here with Colleen O'Rourke. How's it going, Colleen? Pretty good. Awesome. So we're here at FogCon. How's FogCon going for you? This is an excellent con. It's, you know, wrapping up here, but everyone's happy, and yeah, it was was a good year. That's cool. So what's your favorite part about FogCon? Honestly, you know, seeing all the, the different people, like we get a really wide range of both, you know, like published authors that are like names that you see in the bookstores to just, you know, like up and coming authors or people that are here, you know, just to, to meet people and like learn more about writing. And, um, and I like that we cover such a diversity of topics. Like this year, especially, there was a lot of kind of political minded panels and like some really good discussion from people with a lot of different backgrounds. It's almost more, more like a think tank. But then there's, you know, the good, like, you know, how do you be a better writer? And like, what are some cool books that we've read so there's always always good good content that's awesome so tell us a little bit about your writing style so my writing is is kind of still growing and evolving I've been doing a lot of game writing um, both writing up uh, my own uh, role-playing games Um, but I'm currently uh, just working with Evil Hat to try to develop a module for the Fate Core line so so I think a lot about you know, kind of character development and arc because that translates into the player's experience and, like, you know, how what, what sort of things, you know, that happens in stories that are similar to the things that we experience in games, how do, how do they differ and things. And so I've been exploring that a lot. And, like, cool. yeah. Very interesting. So what... Um, what inspired you to, to write in the first place? I've always been interested in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know played around with various fan fictions when I was a kid. I've got like paper copies of my Jurassic Park fan fiction <laughs> from middle school. They're still at awesome. my parents' house. But um, I found out about this con through a friend who Alice Helms. She's she's a published writer. She wrote um, uh, a couple books out now. The Conclave of Shadows, her most recent one. Hmm. Um, but she was originally a member on this con, and I was working with her as a coworker friend. And she was like, "Oh, if you're interested in writing, you should check this out. We've got writing workshops and stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And I was like, "Like, I've learned so much in the last, you know, five or so years that I've been coming." And Amazing. yeah. Do you want to tell people how they can find you online and all that good Sure. Stuff? Yeah, probably my, my best public-facing persona is <laughs> Biohawk O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. That's B-I-O-H-A-W-K. O-R-O-U-R-K-E. That's my, my Twitter handle. I don't use it too often, but I talk about science. I talk about writing. I talk about random bird pictures I found. So, <laughs> Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for chatting. Okay, so now I'm chatting with Byler Captain. How's it going? Great. Day three of Falcon is winding down. How have you found Falcon this year? It's been really great um, because... For me, I'm the founder, and I I chaired the con and founded it for the first three years. This year, I I was just here enjoying it. I will get back into the volunteer. uh, Well, I guess I volunteered for uh, some extra help and shifts, but I was not Mm -hmm. on the con com. 
Anyway, um, so for me, it was very relaxing and really great. I just did a panel on outlines, which was just terrific. It was really interesting, lots of good stuff. Uh, I did a panel earlier about uh, futures and how we can write about the future with the limited words of the present, which is a really interesting problem to have. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the con itself, the community here is just fabulous. The people just all, you know, meet and bond and make new friends and come back and see old friends year after year. Um, it's just a, it's a really delightful group of friendly people. Um, I was introducing a dear friend of mine to the con for the first time this year, and everybody just embraced her with open arms. That's awesome. All right, so let's go back in time. <laughs> cool. Oh, wow. I didn't time have sparkle. Oh, it's sparkly. <laughs> Yay. Uh, are we supposed to be seeing this? This is, this is getting weird. Oh, cool. Are we, are we supposed to see ourselves in the past? Uh, well, okay. Well, there I am when I was very little. Oh, I was, was kind of cute. All right. Okay, so like, what can you pinpoint like the exact moment you thought of FogCon? <sighs> I don't know that I can pinpoint a moment. But we can go back to almost like 2009 when I was thinking that I loved Wiscon um, because I liked the you know I liked the, the strong feminist alignment. I liked that it was inclusive of diversity and welcoming everyone. Mm-hmm. And I liked ReaderCon because I really liked the focus on literature rather than media. There's nothing wrong with media, but I like mm-hmm. the literary focus of a con. And I thought, well, you know, there's there's the community here in the Bay Area. Why don't we build something local? Mm-hmm. And so with the help of a great number of people who I couldn't even possibly name in this amount of time, um, we started FogCon. And we started in San Francisco. Uh, and it is essentially really expensive to do it in the city. So we have moved out to Walnut Creek, very accessible by BART. And uh, so it's it's really just as convenient. It's, it's really not hard to get here. And it is such a great location. The hotel has been lovely to us. You know, we have a lunch banquet every year where people can just have a great lunch for a you know, pretty reasonable price and meet new friends and, and that sort of thing. So we've been real happy out here in Walnut Creek. Okay, so let's talk about your literary style. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you describe it? I write everything from science fiction to fantasy to horror to weird slipstream unclassifiable stuff. Um, I would say my stories grab you by the shoulders and shake you and will not let you go. Uh, They are the kind of story that you think about for a long time. I have a very uh, sharp, minimalist style. I try to reduce the number of words necessary to tell the story I want. (laughs) Oh, here comes a party of people. One second. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, I do a lot of science fiction. I'm best known for my Nebula-winning novella, The Weight of the Sunrise. It's an alternate history in which the Incan Empire survives into the 19th century and bargains with the Americans for the smallpox vaccine. Um, I also was nominated for a short story called I'm Alive, I Love You, I'll See You in Reno, which is uh, a love poem of sorts to science itself, the beauty of how science functions and how science is a metaphor for relationships. Um, Most of my work, almost all of it, can be found reprinted on my site. Uh, which is vilarcaftan.net, my name.net. It's really not that hard to find Vilar. It rhymes with Mylar. If you can remember that, you'll find me. There you go. Very cool. So do you have, like, a background with science or anything? Well, um, I certainly have, you know, education. I, you know, I, I, w- I went to Grinnell College in the middle of Iowa. I took a lot of chemistry. Um, immunology is sort of my specialty and my favorite. I just read... Uh, I read all sorts of immunology stuff, and that's what I really love. Uh, I did get to go to Launchpad, which is the astronomy workshop for writers. It's in Wyoming. I also got to go to the Schrodinger Sessions, which is a uh, quantum physics camp for writers that takes wow. place out in Baltimore. It was amazing. That's I cool. saw them. Oh, I saw them 
you know, capturing particles. Whoa. And we named our little particle that we caught Schrodinger. And <laughs> they kept telling me if they catch a little particle in the machine, they sometimes just leave it there for the weekend. And I'm like, oh, poor little guy. I guess they probably don't care, but I felt sorry for him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I've, I've certainly have some science background. Um, cell biology in high school was kind of my thing. So mostly the biology uh, spectrum was some chemistry. Um, and I dabble in astronomy and physics, but not really so much. Um, I think everyone needs more science in their fiction. And part of what I see myself as is a speaker of, of a translator of science to more of the layperson. The people who go, I want to know science, but I, I don't know what all this stuff is. I don't know the background. I want to present it in my fiction in a way that will get people interested in science and also teach them something. I try very hard to be either accurate in my science or if I'm going to be fun and do superheroes, I'm just very clear that we're not being, you know, I try, I try never to teach anybody anything factually wrong. I do my best. So, like, when you're watching, like, popular science fiction yep. movies or science fantasy or, like, Star Wars I'm or laughing. Star Trek. Yeah, that's Star, what I was going to ask. Star Wars is fantasy. It's yeah. not science fiction. And right. once, you, once you have that, it's, you know, pretty easy. Anything goes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about, like, Star Trek? Like, It is important because it was so seminal to the genre and it got people, you know, seeing it. it the, the Star Trek itself is problematic a lot as science fiction, but there are some great moments, you know, and certainly some famous science fiction writers worked on some of those stories, you know, uh, not just Harlan Ellison, but Ted Sturgeon and a couple others. And so it's a really important part of the culture. Um, I, I watch it for fun, and it, it's not great science or anything, but, yeah. uh, but it's enjoyable. And it's fine to have that kind of thing. I have no objection. I'm simply saying when I'm, when I'm trying to write something, I, if, if, if you think you're learning a thing, it's probably a thing. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Can you tell us about what you're working on now? Um, is... Yeah, I'm working on not killing people. So far, so good. <laughs> awesome. Um, aside from that, I've lately been doing flash fiction stories. Those are mm -hmm. short stories. Uh, the definition varies, but we're going with 750 words or less, sometimes 1,000 words or less. These are very short flash pieces. You can find some on my site. Um, there's one called What President Polk Said, which is about uh, uh, a mental illness in the gold rush and what was done about it, which you can imagine was really not incredibly civilized. Hmm. Um, I'm pretty, I, a lot of people have liked the In the Way of the Wizard, which is an, a John Joseph Adams anthology. They have liked uh, The Orange Tree Sacrifice. I like that stuff that you're just like, oh yeah, that is epic. That hmm. is cool. Condensed into 750 words. It's like, boom, and that is story. And you just hmm. have to sit there and as I say, I try to write minimally. All the story is there in the, in the white space between the words. It's mm -hmm. all in there. Um, and so I really enjoy flash fiction, uh, and that is what I have been doing. Uh, so most recently I have a story out which uh, is called Feast War, uh, and this is also available online. It was in an anthology called Chasing Shadows, which is about surveillance and information in the future. Very uh, relevant topic right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> Yeah, at any rate, um, so I was challenged to write a story about surveillance in which surveillance was a positive thing. This is hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had to think about it, and I finally came up with a way it could be, and that was, uh, it's a story of, of video, uh, online gamers. That it was inspired by Ingress, if any of you play Ingress. Mm -hmm. uh, resistance level 16, go resistance. <laughs> no, I like, I like the Enlightenment too. Uh, anyway, uh, it was inspired by Ingress and a bunch of gamers. Uh, they 
because they upload their own personal data to the game, they are able to catch a bioterrorist that the CDC is unable to find. Hmm. And this is all through voluntary data gathering that they are able to do because their phones scan the food they eat. And the food they then is compared with their digestive profile, which is all registered. Wow. And they get points for eating healthily for their own body and, mm -hmm. and eating with friends and being healthy that way. So they know all the data from all the people who play the game and that they're able to use to find this person. And that was a really interesting challenge to go, yeah. how can surveillance be good? I had to work on that. I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, although I do think that the concept of privacy as we understand it now will change drastically in the mm -hmm. next hundred years. I suspect they will find that our levels of privacy uh, are quaint, uh, yeah. the way we find like Lord and Liege a little bit quaint at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think under that is where I see the future going. But that's a whole other conversation we could have. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what advice do you have for people that are wanting to get into writing? Write a lot. Read a lot. Think about what you read. Study what you read. Outline what you looked at and see what the plot is. Figure out why the writer did what they did. All of that stuff will get you a long way. Find community. Even if you're introverted, writing is a lonely profession. And for some people, they really need almost no contact, but most of us need a little. And uh, there's online groups for that where you don't have to see a lot of people. Um, and if you're really social, you need the social contact. Go to conventions, meet people, um, feel like you're not the only one doing this, and you have to understand it's really hard. You do it because you love it, and it's, it's, it's just a difficult way to do things. And so I just recommend write what you want and make yourself happy in whatever way that works for you. All right, so do you want to tell people how they can find you online? Sure. Um, I'm available in a lot of ways. Again, my name is Vylar Kafton, V-Y-L-A-R, and if you look for that, I'm really just about the only one. Um, so I'm at vylarkafton.net. I'm also on Twitter as Vylar Kafton, uh, and you can follow my husband, Binder, too, because he's funnier. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, I really don't Facebook much. You can look for me there, but I, I just won't see it. I'm sorry. Um, but you can also find me at Bay Area Events, most certainly. Uh, and I'm available as a teacher. If you look at my website, I am available for hire uh, as private tutor or for classes. Um, oh. I teach kids and adults. Um, I was just teaching a bunch of third graders creativity exercises nice. with wrapping paper editing hats and uh, <laughs> little Japanese erasers and all sorts of fun stuff. Cool. Uh, I'm all about colors and fun and yeah. making it work. So Very awesome. yeah, I do enjoy I do enjoy that process, and I, I like hearing from people. So um, certainly, if you're in the Bay Area, please do check out fogcon.org. Uh, it is a fabulous convention. It's heavily writing focused, and there's some really good craft panels here, plus a lot of interesting political panels. So now I'm here with Rebecca Gomez Farrell. How's it going, Rebecca? It's going pretty good. It's it's winding down, and I, know. I think I have more energy than I did yesterday, which is strange. I know, especially with the daylight savings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, how has FogCon been treating you? FogCon has been treating me well. This is the second year that I've come to it, awesome. and... Um, I definitely attend cons from the writer perspective because I am a writer and I think uh, FogCon is one of the science fiction conventions that has a stronger writer, mm -hmm. writer track, writer perspective people are coming from in general. So almost everyone you meet is like writing in some capacity, which is great. So it's a, it's a professional con, networking con in addition to a fandom con and I think that's a great great triumvirate together. Yeah. <laughs> so what have been some of your highlights? 
Um, highlights from this con. Well, yes. it's the, the first year I've done panels at FogCon, so that was Very really cool. fun to be able to uh, partake in those on Friday. Um, and I also enjoyed organizing um, a Broad Universe reading. Um, Broad Universe is an organization that works to promote the fiction of female writers. Um, and it's uh, international, but it has a stronger East Coast than West Coast presence mm -hmm. here in the U.S. So I was excited to be able to That's hopefully cool. start building up that presence a little bit more here. Tell me a little bit about yourself as a writer. What kind of genres do you enjoy and that kind of thing? Uh, totally. Um, I write pretty much everything in the speculative fiction world, some of it by accident. Uh, <laughs> one of my published stories is biblical steampunk, and I never expected to oh, write wow. biblical steampunk, but That's it happens. And uh, you, you can find that one in Beneath Ceaseless Skies. <laughs> um, I, most of my published short stories have been horror, um, and I do really enjoy writing horror uh, a lot from the more like atmospheric perspective than the blood and guts perspective. That's just where I go. Um, but my first book comes out this summer, and it is epic fantasy. Cool. So I'm I'm all over the place. I have humor, <laughs> humorous science fiction out there, short stories out there too. So awesome. I kind of do it all. Cool. So uh, what inspired you to become a writer? I have always wanted to be a writer. Um, I remember as a kid on a family vacation to Monterey and Cannery Row, I remember like I composed some poem about the poor sardines dying <laughs> and repeated it to myself all day long. Nice. So obviously horror perspective then as like a <laughs> like I think it was like six or seven years old repeating it. So it's just always always been my passion. Um, my my mom and my grandfather on my mom's side both have writing backgrounds, but theirs are more poetry. Wow. Uh, but that's always kind of been in my blood. That's cool. So, are there any? Well, you mentioned your mom and your grandpa, but mm -hmm. like, um, what other influences have you had? I mean, influence obviously would be favorite writers for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I have, on the science fiction side for sure, Kurt Vonnegut's one of my favorites, Olivia uh, Butler, um, and Mary Doria Russell is one of my absolute favorites, which a lot of people don't know her, this barrel Children of God duology, because she writes a lot of um, like his historical fiction as well. She's not strictly science fiction, uh, but she's amazing. And I also have a lot of um, actually Harlem Renaissance influence, because that's what I studied in college. Um, so I'm pulling from that background a lot too. Oh, wow. So on Friday, one of the panels was about social media. So as a writer, how have you found social media to be? As, how has it affected your it's, it's really interesting. So uh, one of the things I recommended in the panel is talking about um, not just talking about writing because um, you can build a wider audience if you're also talking about your everyday passions and hobbies mm -hmm. and I am also a food and drink blogger um, mm -hmm. and so I do a lot of my social media is based on food and drink on reviewing restaurants bottles of wines um, and that introduces me to a whole other audience who has a totally different perspective on science fiction writing, but are also willing to buy stuff or to check it out yeah. when it comes out. So, What kind of advice do you have, just like in general, for people who are interested in writing? If you're interested in writing, one of the most essential things is learning how to take critique, which is really hard for a lot of new writers, because um, a lot of new writers kind of, they just... The initial encouragement is important, but if you actually want to improve as a writer, you need to be able to learn 
um, what things you need to improve on and hear that from other people. So I'd say start building a thick shell now because <laughs> it's essential for the critiquing process. Yeah. And, it, and even later on, it's essential for the rejection process because <laughs> very few people don't pile up a ton of rejections before they get uh, published in professional magazines or by a press. So build the thick skin in whatever way you can because the thin skin is only going to take you so far. That's really good advice. <laughs> so do you want to tell us about what you're currently working on? Um, I am, in addition to publicity for my book coming out in <laughs> August, which, which is called Wings Unseen, coming from Meerkat Press, um, I am working on my second book, which is unrelated to the first. The second book is called Natural Disasters. It's a post-apocalyptic um, post romance, nice. um, but it, it has a little bit more um, optimistic of a viewpoint, so it's not really like dystopia future mm -hmm. Earth. Yet everyone who's read any part of it has been like, wow, this is really depressing. You need more light. <laughs> but, but when I'm writing it, I totally don't, don't think of it. I think of it from an optimistic viewpoint. So yeah. I figure out how to make those work together in terms of go. tone for that book. So That's cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Sure. Um, I have my, my fiction writing, which is what most people listening to this will be interested in. Uh, just go straight to my website, which is RebeccaGomezFarrell.com. Um, or if you're interested in my food and drink blogging, you can go to thegourmets.com, which is a pun on my last name of Gomez. That'll help you figure it out. Nice. Um, and I, I am on social media as The Gourmets. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find my Facebook page as Facebook slash The Gourmets, Instagram as slash The Gourmets. Uh, you can find me anywhere. And so there you have it. FogCon 2017 was a smashing success, and I had so much fun. A few of my highlights, like I mentioned in some of the interviews, I really enjoyed like the podcasting panel and the social media panel because it was a really different perspective for me being a podcaster. One panel that really stuck with me was the one called The Gaze. And so since this is audio, that's G-A-Z-E. And so that panel was about the male gaze. So just a quick definition on that from Wikipedia, if you're unfamiliar, the male gaze is the way in which the visual arts and literature depict the world and women from a masculine point of view, presenting women as objects of male pleasure. So I really enjoyed this panel because of the diverse speakers and the way that it challenged us to think about the world and how it's being presented to us and what we can do to change that. Other highlights, uh, the game room, of course, because my brother Micah was in charge of the game room. So there was some cool programming, too, to go along with the game room this year. So my brother and my niece did the a couple panels on creating a character and playing your first paper and pencil RPG game. So I didn't actually, like, make my own character play, but I was very interested in seeing how that game played out, and it was very entertaining, so I would definitely recommend that. And then the game room in general was just fun because there were so many different games there. We played, we got an opportunity to play a lot of them, and so I learned a lot of new games, so that was fun. Oh, and of course, you can't mention FogCon without mentioning the con suite. 
that was something I have never experienced at another con before. So the con suite is a room where you can go to for refreshments of a vast variety. There was candy, chips, drinks, uh, cheese and crackers, breakfast foods for the morning. There was everything there. And so it was fun if you were getting hungry or something, you could just run up to the con suite and it was just kind of a cool, chill place to hang out if you had some time in between panels or whatever. Contention is also a favorite, I understand, for FogCon. So it's basically a debate panel. And I only was able to catch one of the debates because I was in the game room across the way, but I heard them talking about Star Wars. So I ran over to the which was a better movie, Rogue One or The Force Awakens. So that was very entertaining. But yeah, like I said, overall, just a really fun con. And I definitely hope to go back next year. And I'm really happy with the interviews I got for this year, but there were so many people I met that I wish I would have asked for an interview. So maybe next year if I didn't get to this time. So I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Nerd of Paradise. Thank you all so much for listening. If this is your first time listening, be sure to go and listen to some of our previous episodes. There's a few movie reviews up for Beauty and the Beast and Kong. There's random episodes on things you might not expect. So go check that out at nerdaparadise.net. And as always, if you want to say hi, you can send an email at hello at nerdaparadise.net or just say hey on Twitter. That's at N of Peapod. Okay, guys, I will catch you all next time. Until then, stay nerdy.